Hi, everyone. This hey is folks. Alex. And this is Zach. We want to make one thing very clear uh, to any listeners of this show. Uh, black lives matter. All black lives matter. We stand with you. We stand with the protesters. We love you. We care about you. Stay safe out there and enjoy the show. Rotten cabbages? What kind of slum do you think this is? Hey folks, I'm Zach. And I'm Alex. And this is My Cabbages! An Avatar podcast. No, My Cabbages! Hey Cabbage Patch. It's it's me, Zach, and my friend Rory. We're here because uh, we want to tell you a, a, a few updates. Yeah, a few updates, right Rory? Good boy. We're, um, bud, you gotta, you gotta be quiet. If I give you a treat, will you shut your mouth, please? So, I just wanted to let folks know what's going on. There wasn't an episode last week. What's the deal? We decided, uh, if you haven't seen our post on Twitter, that we're going to do every other week for the time being. Some life stuff has been hitting the fan. It's been getting very busy. It takes me many hours a week to edit this thing. So, we're going to do bi-weekly for now. And maybe over the course of that bi-weekly period, we'll we'll build up enough backlog to go back to weekly. That's our end goal. We're going to be taking things a little bit a little bit slower, but not much. We're still going to be here. We're still going to be giving you the laughs. We're still going to be cracking the jokes. So that's all. That's all. This is me from the future. I'm recording this message to, to give you all the lowdown, to give you the scoop, to give you them that hot goss about what's been going on. Uh, we, we didn't disappear. I promise we're still there, and we'll still be there every other week coming at you. Enjoy the show. So this week we're just gonna dive right in because it's the blue spirit and it's good and we like it and we're just gonna we're, we're just chasing the, the the tail of the dragon we're ch- that chasing, dragon of the west chasing that dragon of the this is Avatar: The Last Airbender, Book One, Water, Episode Thirteen, The Blue Spirit. We open up on uh, an Isengard on the walls with all of the orcs and some maybe some Urukai. Like they're walking back and forth, patrolling the the wall along, yeah. along outside of Isengard. It is a very Lord of the Rings ass city establishing shot that we get with two ships in the harbor, and then we we cut to these archers that are. Fucking absolute ballers. They're just whipping back those arrows. It's like they have a, a bunch of D20s with 20 on all the sides. <laughs> they are some loaded dice. Yeah, they've got some they got some DMs dice that they're rolling. He gave me loaded dice. I mean, I the, the what are they called? the the Yuyan archers the Yuyan archers whenever i you know play D, i really always am drawn towards very dexterous mm-hmm. me too uh ranged weapon characters so and it's probably because my first taste of cosplaying and the first character i really wanted to cosplay was katniss everdeen i'm not sure if uh you know katniss and the Yuyan archers ever uh Bumped Got, elbows. Right, yeah, bumped elbows. But. And not high-fived or shook hands because yeah. social distancing folks. Yeah, no. Also, Merida, like another, uh, she's my mm-hmm. favorite, or one of my favorite Disney princesses. I've always been drawn to archers myself as well. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, Ever since I was a Boy Scout and I shot an apple off of a straw target from 50 yards, I felt really, really good about (laughs) archery. I've always loved playing a female kind of roguish type. They imagine Kate Beckinsale and Van Helsing. I probably have that costume bookmarked for (laughs) 15 plus years. It can't be 15 plus years because when did the movie come out? I had this costume. I had this costume bookmarked two years before they made the fucking movie. I'm going to say 2004 is when it was made. A few moments later. Oh my god, I'm right! So 16 years. Yes. Yes, I have had this pin, this bookmarked for 15 years since the movie came out uh, in 2004. (laughs) Honestly, all of those really shitty monster movies that came out in the early 2000s, I was a very big fan of. So, oh, yeah. uh, You got Van Helsing. You've got Constantine. The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, which you've never seen. I have to I have to show you that movie. Yeah. It's like Victorian Victorian era monster Avengers. That is, I think, also why I draw so much from those types of worlds now when I'm DMing and I'm yeah. I'm playing those games because the world my my the world Palladia that I've designed, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, mixed with a little eldritch and Victorian horror, mm-hmm. um, plus with, Avatar. Yeah, a healthy a healthy slice <laughs> of Avatar. <laughs> Zhao and what's his name? Colonel Shino. Are having this conversation, Shino is like. Nah, man, these are my archers, okay? They're the last bowbenders. I can't just I can't just give them to you. And Zhao's like, but please, I want to fight the Avatar, and they can hit him without killing him, and that's valuable to me. Shino's like, nah, son, I deny your request. Your request is denied, Commander Zhao. He, he actually does more than that. He's... Except he uses the term vanity project. He does, yeah, <laughs> that's right. I'm, I'm really curious as to what Zhao's reputation is mm-hmm. in the amongst other Fire Nation military leadership. At this point, maybe the Avatar is still a little bit of con- of a conspiracy theory. Yeah. I th- actually, this is my fan theory. I really think that Ozai like is trying to just like they do in Bossing Say, like what war in Bossing Say, what like they are controlling every aspect of communication yep. and the media that's happening. They're controlling the narrative. Exactly. They are 100% controlling the narrative. You know, Zhao is being like, no, the Avatar's back. We got to fight him. And everyone else is saying, oh, no, that's the Avatar. That's just some conspiracy. Like, think, look, look where we are now. It's just some, right. some conspiracy just some theory. Conspiracy. I'm just going to go to a bar and get a drink and not worry about the Avatar at all <laughs> and be in crazy town. I'm in crazy town. I'm dying. Um, um, the Avatar is Antifa, y'all. Do you think? Do you think that maybe the rumors have spread so quickly because... The the people that have been that they've been staying at the Airbnbs, the re- the reviews of them have become viral. Just like they leave an Airbnb and the Airbnb owner is like, horrible conditions. I can't believe how they left the place. You would white fur piles everywhere. It's, it's as if the people that stay here have never cleaned their room in a hundred years. In at least a hundred years. One star. You know, I'm kind of with. Zhao here, like, why is he calling this thing a vanity project? Like, does this dude, like, not know yet that the Avatar is back and poses a real threat? These are kind of like the Navy SEALs, almost. A subarm of the secret, of the Fire Nation Secret Service. But um, it's also, have you ever had, you ever been on a video game and had a team of five snipers? It's a pain in the ass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, everyone's going to be like, this is, I'm not, not- in, in 
very much in the theme of Hamilton this weekend. I'm not throwing away my shot. Yo, I'm not throwing away my shot. Yo, I'm just like my nation. I'm young, scrappy, and 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 hating. I am not throwing away my shot. I'm gonna get a scholarship to King's College. So the arches are are basically Hamilton. So Shino gets gets a letter from Hogwarts. Uh, his owl shows up, and it's like, "Congratulations, Zhao." You've been invited to Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Witchcraft. And he, like, his eyes go wide and he's like, ah, damn, this letter isn't for me. And I was like, ha ha, bitch, I'm a wizard now. My request is now an order. We pan up, though, and we see a very mischievous looking blue mask. Could it be the titular blue spirit? Yes. For being the special ops, uh, they're not very uh, perceptive. (laughs) It seems like the DM was just handing out like all all oops all 20s d20s we fade into the the location for ang and friends and it is this very ancient looking ruin that is clearly a, a very old building yeah it definitely looks almost like <laughs> the atlantis of the air people i would i but this is still in the earth kingdom so. i think this could very well be in cora we get we get some backstory on the first avatar and the first avatar uh, began when all of these ancient gigantic cities uh, basically lived within their walls and they went out into the wilds only with the elemental powers that would be gifted to them by the lion turtles. Yeah, this would be if we, because again, I'm just forewarning people, I'm going to be making LOTR references this uh-huh. entire episode. That is what was giving me, I was getting LOTR vibes the entire time I watched it. Um, and this is, the city looks like an abandoned Gondor, really. I was, how it's really? like built into like, the side or or Minas Tirith. How I was gonna say it's a little it's, Minas Tirith to well, me. Well, Gond Minas Tirith is in Gondor. Gondor is like the look at you with your oh I'm Alex and I know everything about Lord of the Rings because I'm a super nerd. I love you and I wish I knew as much about Lord of the Rings. Yeah, I know just <laughs> as much about Lord of the Rings as you do about Doctor Who. So we're even. Zach very much leans towards the more sci-fi anything with space <laughs> and. <laughs> I am anything high fantasy. Uh, I like pointed nose cones and she likes pointed hats. So, yeah, we have this awesome Minas Tirith giant superstructure. It looks like a three Minas Tirith wedding cake. You can even see, you can see like this, there's some shoots off to the left. I This is definitely an old Earth Kingdom. Yeah. I mean, they are in the Earth Kingdom, but they... Maybe this was a prototype before they before Amashu, before Amashu and right. their delivery system. Sir um, Sir Carruthers Cabbage Catherford the Third, uh, the Cabbage Man's great 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 grandfather, uh, was selling cabbages here when Avatar one smashed his cart. This place is worse than Omashu. So we we get our uh, our establishing we get we got a little pan in here to the. The D and D battle mat grid that Ang has chosen to uh, set up camp, and we know that where there's a battle mat grid, I mean, there's there's probably going to be a battle. There isn't in this episode, spoilers, but <laughs> Ang should suspect whenever he sees a grid of even five foot squares that that at any time a fight could break out. All Ang would need right now is while while he's tending to his friend's illnesses is to hear some disembodied voice go, "Now roll for initiative." Oh, shit. I hope. 
Aang has been here before or knows from his previous Avatar lives that this is a safe place because Katara is taking care of Sokka. Aang just wanders off and he's like, well, couldn't find any ginger root, but I found this scroll that has this map to this herbalist on this mountain totally checks out. <laughs> right. He's like, I couldn't find this perfectly innocuous inane ingredient, but oh, I did while I was foraging in the middle of the forest stumble upon a carefully detailed parchment map that hasn't been ruined by the elements or anything. And also, I'm sure it's recent. I'm sure there, that zero time has passed and that herbalist is still on that top <laughs> of that mountain. It's like, hey, Ang, your friends have COVID. Business is closed down. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't see any, you didn't find any masks. You didn't. No masks. I hope you washed your hands, uh, before bringing in home your, your goods. And doing your, like, your YouTube haul video. Guys, let's, let's bring, let's bring down the lights on the podcast. Wear your masks, people. We're not asking for much here. Please. Please. Please wear your masks. I, I would like the hellscape that is the year 2020 to not bleed over into the year 2021. So please wear your masks and please social distance responsibly. And that doesn't mean go to a bar and dig your hand in a bowl of communal peanuts. Just stop. Hey, before you take a video of your haul and post it to YouTube or the gram, like you need to take the precautions. You got to wash your hands. You still got to stay six feet. The last thing we need is the avatar getting sick. When Katara starts to cough at two and she's like, okay, I'm fine. <coughs> she doesn't cover her mouth at all. She doesn't, but Aang like, like covers, like mm-hmm. he takes his elbow and she's like, Ooh girl, cough. A few more hours and you'll be talking nonsense too. I'm going to find some medicine. Sokka's lost it so much. He still thinks that, He's back in Amashu mm-hmm. with King Boomy and he's rocky again. Yeah. You know, because of all the rocks. He's also, uh, he confesses that he, he he's like, you know what my favorite quality of, of Appa's is? His sense of humor. His stand-up comedy. I just love Appa's comedy. I've been to all of his shows. Appa just gets up there and he's like, what's the deal with airline food? It always ends up smelling like me. I'll be here all week, folks. Why is it always gotta be peanuts? Can't, um, what does the bison have to do to get some moon peaches around here? (laughs) Just as Aang is about to, uh, jump up and be like, hey, I'm gonna head off to that mountain over yonder. Aang's like, you know what? Instead of like just taking it for later, he's like, nah, I'm just gonna walk. It's almost like the Truman show. Aang is just, it's like the environment is is subtly hinting to Aang that he shouldn't use his glider or something. And then it cuts away from the city and we learn that Aang is just the fucking flash. Yeah, I'm just gonna walk, but he doesn't walk. He just immediately just air jumps 200, I don't know how many feet, and then start taking off like the flesh. So he's... What's that? A bird? A plane? Oh, no, he's riding a bird, and he he destroyed a plane. That's the Avatar. We cut to our, our famous dynamic duo, and uh, Zuko and Iroh are on, sh- on the ship, and the captain, Captain Intern Brian, is pointing at a map. 
<laughs> Time Lord Iris said after hearing Zuko's origin story, intern Brian is now subtly more helpful. It's amazing. I just think it's funny he's now like yeah. saying intern Brian. So Captain Intern Brian is trying to trying to suss out where the Avatar could be, and right as he's getting to his point, a big shadow looms over, and we realize that there's another ship. Pulling, pulling right up next to Zuko. How Zuko didn't it, see this ship from miles away. It is, looks like, you know, someone else's bigger yacht just pulls up, like, next door, and they're like, hey, y'all. Zuko's like, fuck, we're going to need a bigger boat. Meanwhile, Iroh's just sitting there like, ooh, I wonder if they want to play some pie show. With these two giant, two very different sized ships, we see that, once again, I like my avatar like I like my um, podcasts with dick jokes. Do you think that Zuko has just a smaller ship because he's an exile and he w- is given like the ragtag crew or or do you just think that Zhao is trying to compensate for something? Oh, I mean, I, I don't see any reason why all of those things can't be true. All of the above. <laughs> yeah, a pretty much blanket statement. Uh, yes. Yes. I do also want to and thank you for Time Lord Iroh for also mentioning this, but I think that Captain Intern Brian is more helpful and i think it is really important to know that once you once you understand the motivations behind a person and and why they believe or value things in a certain way you can very much have a better understanding of how to work with that person Mm -hmm. so definitely great we have also seen a big power imbalance problem happening on the ship it seems that iroh is just too fucking legend at Pi Show and just keeps whooping the shit out of everyone who plays him. But you're all improving. I'm certain you will win if he play again. It would be like if someone sat down to play a game of Everdell with us who's never played it before and uh, we were just like, oh man, I'm sure if you just keep on trying, you'll win eventually. Sorry, Some- but no, I am not like my no. ex who <laughs> sits down with people to play a game, cough, cough, Catan, and... <laughs> An hour into it, I'm like, the, it really, it no, it matters, it really fucking matters. I don't have a grudge or anything, but you know, that's why you mentioned it. That's why you're mentioning it for the second time on our podcast. There's a reason why (laughs) I am with Zach. No grudge, no grudge, but it will stay. It will say on my great, on my tombstone, rest in peace, Alex PS, the starting tiles of Catan fucking matter. We make dick jokes and time Lord. I was like, cue a David Attenborough voiceover (laughs) about the mothership fending and teaching her young. <laughs> yeah, um, the larger the larger ship will approach the younger ship and oh make it into an example. And when Jal's cronies board the ship, like they have this very detailed wanted poster of Aang, which I think is I commend the artist for the likeness, but but also also how how did they get that close? Uh, what previous either they're just really good with their descriptions i mean we know about with the arrow tattoos but otherwise how um i think that so i was actually talking to time lord ira about this um back and forth for a bit it's possible that Zhao's forces have a record of what ang looked like before he froze in the iceberg because they raided the the air temples 
maybe the Air Nomads were keeping like records of all the boys and, and Aang was one of them. But I don't think they had been forthcoming about Aang being the Avatar to anyone yet because of the war brewing. Oh yeah, it's a it's a big it's a big it's a big I wonder how question, but how how is Zhao? How Zhao? How Zhao? I'm really getting into the world building of this episode because my theory, what I said earlier about uh, the they're intentionally trying to control the message. So here we are. We're getting more about propaganda later mm-hmm. in the episode. So this was a pamphlet that was being like shown when like the Fire Lord cronies boarded Zuko's ship when they're just looking at this post wanted poster like oh it's just some fire nation propaganda there's no way the avatar can you know bend tornadoes which is ominous in a whole other you know we'll get there right well and it's also a little bit dark because through the world building like you were saying we're also getting this implication that nobody knows what airbenders can do because they've been extinct for a century none of these none of these living people have any experience with airbenders at all this is just shows how much power the uh, colonizers have because not only are like they've committed genocide and they are now uh, getting to control the entire narrative and rewrite the entire history of these people. Now I think that hope that the avatars coming back is slowly starting to creep out. And now obviously the fire nation sees that as some sort of threat. So I just think it's, it's very, very interesting. Mm-hmm. And when they say, Oh, that's just fire nation propaganda. So clearly they are used to seeing some form of propaganda on the regular. So I'd like to see, like, you know, you, other examples. Can you imagine being able to read this entire, this entire thing? I don't actually think the symbols translate directly to like Chinese or anything like that. But can you imagine if it was like, uh, warning, Avatar has a bewitching smile and a winning personality. And be like, oh, well, gosh, that just sounds wonderful. That's lovely. Yeah. Really want to meet the guy. Yeah, me too. We get a little cutaway scene of Sokka and Katara, one of several that we'll get throughout this episode. And Sokka's real, real thirsty. He's really, really, really needing need some of that good old, good old water. And there's no water in the water skin. So Katara. Which what leads me to question why Aang would have left yeah. them without giving them adequate supplies. It's a very good like, question. Oh, wait, I brought this scroll. Here's this herbalist on this mountain. Yeah. Yep, got to leave right now. So, yeah, Abba tells some some more jokes about about catching a subway in New York. And it's not super topical or or like, you know, whatever, but. Sokka's into it. He's like, <laughs> classic Appa. Meanwhile, Katara is trying to communicate with Momo how through her fever dreams, this is so how good. to get water. And we see from the perspective of Momo, you know, this gibberish and what animals here when anyone but Eliza Thornberry is trying to communicate with them. Right. And or also what adults sound like in the peanuts. But my question or my comment here is I don't know what Katara was trying to communicate either because if I were a human who was just trying to play charades or another person she was trying to communicate her needs to, those hands 
signals in no way were communicating go get water. It was like, yeah, maybe walk somewhere, but nowhere in those hand gestures is you didn't motion that you need something to drink. You're not taking the water skin and like pouring it up to indicate it's empty. There's a lot of things you could have done here, Katara. And all I'm saying is I'm not picking you to be on my taboo team. I'm sorry. It's just not happening. Yeah, there's no way. There's no way at all. So Aang swoops in and doesn't even exchange pleasantries. First of all, I have all of these questions about this super awesome herbalist school on the top of this mountain that looks very similar to like the location of the pet cemetery <laughs> in uh, on this ancient hilltop. It's like, like a big ass manor like thing. And she like is in the greenhouse next door to it. Yeah. There's so many other buildings. I'm like, is it just this old lady? What is the history of this school? What if she's the only one? Why is she the only one? Why has it been here? Why is like, I, there's so many questions and I we are getting so much lore that's unexplained in this episode. It's, and ju- it's just another example of how this show feels more and more like a D&D campaign as we get into it is like, oh, we need some person to exchange the goods for. And the DM's just like, all right, fine. There's like a cottage on the top of the hill. This well, who lives there? Oh, some old some old druid lady. Well, why does she live there? Well, because you need to get uh, herbs from her. Well, but why does she live there? Just shut up and go there and buy the herbs so we can move on. Please, just please. Just go there. Just please just go there and buy whatever the fuck you need. <laughs> so, Professor... It's 8 o'clock. It's Thursday. I want to get to my dragon fight. <laughs> Professor Sprout just chilling on this mountain in the middle of nowhere. Right. Uh, totally checks out. No, I have zero questions. Yeah, none whatsoever. I'm sorry to barge in like this, but I need some medicine for my friends. And, and this old lady, oh, it's fine. Your friends are going to be fine. Don't worry about a thing. All of this will just go away in a few weeks. Do you have future vision? Are you also a, a sage or a uh, some type of, do you read tea leaves? Right. Uh, do you not know what flattening the curve is? I'm just very confused because this old lady seems to think everything uh, is 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 fine, and you know what? There's no way that you can know that. Sorry. She's like, I watched the the I watched this illness on Fox News. I know everything there is to know about things. Uh, all of those we we do get some answers to our questions from the old lady. She's like, Oh, I've been here for forty years. There used to be others, but they're long gone. Yeah, that's all we get, which just leads to more questions. Like, okay. How many more people were there? Were you the founder of this school? Did you chase them away? I'm starting to think that this lady just, you know, poisoned all of them and there's now bodies buried in a well somewhere. I was was just going to say, where did you bury all of them? It's just her, Miyuki. Oh, she's been oh. feeding these fucking people to her cat for years. Or you guys. she turned the people into these animals. Oh my god, she, the Miyuki is her last assistant. The way that this old woman <laughs> described, You're like, gonna make the joke that I was. About to make. She, you know, she's just shooting the shit with Aang, and he's like, uh huh, yeah, okay, and she's just casually like, oh, you know, like there was these people in the village that used to live here. They're gone now. That was like forty years. Now it's just me and now these earth kingdom soldiers like brave boys brave boys these strapping young lads come up to my to my hut in on the hilltop and they always is it like constantly fleet week in this old lady's like mountain they always leave better there is more well rested than when they came she's like low-key fucking these dudes she is a cougar she's a cougar 
druid who probably can transform into a cougar. The her, sh- sh- we already know that she likes pussy. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, sometimes those soldiers bring their wives and we all have a pawn. I don't know. I think this old lady, like, she's she she's fucks. a swinger. She fucks. It wasn't just an herbalist school. That's right. It was a uh, author's uh, guild where they just are all naked and yeah. like, oh, we just come here to for rested relaxation, a.k.a. we all come here when there's writer's block so we can F and, you know, <laughs> then. We can have some sweet F and F. And then be on, on, our, on our merry way. This woman was actually running a mountain sex spa. That's what this place really was. Uh, listen, was how oh, how the mighty have fallen. Old mother brothel. <laughs> she's the madam and she is also the old. <laughs> only call girl. Only sex worker. Yeah. So uh, we get a really quick cutaway and... Zuko is just having a, a hissy fit. On. He's having a bad day. Is everything okay? Uh, I bet Fire Nation ships save a lot of money on flare guns. So Iroh shows up and he's like, Zuko, let me kick your butt again at Pai Show. And Zuko's like, I don't want to play Pai Show. You haven't given the men an order for over an hour. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's that's how whole- you know it's really bad. Yeah. Like the most Zuko has gone without giving his men an order is five minutes, let alone an entire hour. I don't care what they do. We get a very brief and fleeting moment of vulnerability from Zuko. We get this fleeting look in Zuko's eyes where he just looks petrified and then it just immediately gets washed away with anger. Um, before we get another expression from him, he turns around and is clutching the side of the ship. He's like, my honor, my throne, my country. I'm about to lose them all. If I don't get the avatar to to my father and get that there before Zhao, then everything I've been fighting for is going to be all for nothing. Zuko, I was saying this earlier, the beginning part of this, this season, Zuko has one mode. He has a one switch. It's either he's, he's intense or he's angry. Is he sad? Well, he's angry about being sad. Is he frustrated? Well, then he's angry as a matter of course. Aang before he runs off from this old lady. Uh, she finally finds supposedly what she's looking for, which is a beautiful uh, peach or plum blossom, mm-hmm. uh, which I would love a plum bo- blossom tea. I'm sure. I hope that exists somewhere. But I, Aang's just like, oh, so you, so you are crazy. And she's like, yep, you're insane, aren't you? That's right. Keep by now. The the cure for uh, what they're seeking is <laughs> it's not it's not the cure. Uh, it's cat food. Plum blossom is her favorite. She's like, oh wait, I don't have your cure here. Yeah, you're gonna have to go down to the local the local swamp, gig some frogs, and then you're gonna and then he's like, okay, great. Then what next? She's like, oh yeah, you know, you just you gotta suck on them. Well, I suck on them, of course. Be sure that they're frozen. If they're not frozen, they're they're worthless. And it's like, do fr- these frogs live out their whole lives frozen solid? I I, I have no idea whatsoever. Uh, it's it's next to an old uh, lab where they would just like cryogenically <laughs> freeze, and they would just like throw out all of the. These frogs are all four hundred years old. But so yeah, this woman is like, 
you just gotta suck on them. And uh, gosh, those <laughs> those earthbenders, they taught me a thing or two about sucking. <laughs> I was about to, she says it was suck conviction. Yeah. And like everyone should know this is common knowledge. Yeah, oh right. yeah. You see a frog, you suck on it. Not I mean, a big do you deal. not do you not normally suck on frogs? Because I love sucking on them frogs. I also love sucking on. Okay, that's enough. We're moving on now. We're the kid show. <laughs> yeah, right. Kid show. So as soon as Aang is finally like, well, thanks for nothing, lady. I guess, <laughs> you know, I will go gig those frogs myself because yeah. you don't have them. In the 40 minutes that you were preparing your cat's breakfast, at any point you could have fucking told me about these stupid frogs so I could have been on my way. But, you know, here we are. And as he's leaving. We get some arrows uh, that arrive and what Aang is so naive in this moment because he deflects like an entire volley of arrows that are headed right towards him and he picks one up and he goes uh, I think you dropped this like a bunch of archers were gonna come out of the bushes and go oh I'm so sorry yeah those arrows just fell out of our Oh, oh, thanks. Yeah, I have those one of those really shitty DMs that actually keeps track of the number of arrows yeah, that I yeah, need. Yeah. And if I don't go and like this is like Link in uh, Breath of the Wild. If I don't go and rescue every single arrow that my, I shot, then my DM will punish me for them. I'm done. And there's not a shop in sight. Right. And if that old lady didn't have frozen frogs and she ain't sure as hell not going to have any ice or bomb or electric arrows. Yeah. So I'm it's slim pickings. Yeah. Once he realizes that they do not want to take him up on his deal, they're like, nah, we can make them ourselves or yeah. we can just order them on Amazon. We have enough shock arrows. We're good. Ang just skydives off of this cliff thinking that he's going to be safe. Uh, my pitch is, you know what, Aang, you should have taken a few notes from uh, Hiccup and engineers from Burke, the lemurs or some flying squirrels. Like, yeah, that's the thing. I think it's so baggy. You just stick a couple of we well-placed w- w- pieces of wood in there and you got to glide. Well, we suit. see for a split second, it kind of inflates and like, oh, maybe it's going to work. And then, no, it it doesn't. Um, but the special ops, uh, the Yin Yan, the Yu Yan archers, uh, uh, the Yin Yan, Yu Yan, uh, archers, Yan Yin, Yu Yan. I don't remember which one. Are able to just uh, to come in and they jump off this cliff after Ang without second guessing. Yeah, they don't do stop it. at the edge and they're like, "Oh, what's our best way down?" Nope, they just jump straight after him, which definitely leads me to believe, like, these are not just archers, these are your special ops. Yeah, and I think it's it's very important. They're sending in the seals. It's very important to note that in this world, it does seem like if if non-benders train enough, they can achieve a sort of, like, superhuman level of skill with arrows, because this this level of accuracy with archery is unheard of pinning someone's sleeve to a stone and trapping them without once letting an arrow go through their skin is that's some pretty crazy shit and it's cool to see non-benders like kicking ass in that way he also finds his way to the bog conveniently where these frogs are buried and he just picks up them one from the body he's like "Ooh, a frog the Arrow gets shot at this frog. It doesn't shatter. Like, it is frozen the fuck solid. Frogs of steel. And I am just so confused about what is making this swamp so cold. It has to be enchanted because if otherwise the whole thing would be frozen over and Aang would 
uh, be getting some major hypothermia right now. I, there's there's just so many questions. The, the night the Titanic sank, the water was 28 degrees. When I was at an aquarium that had a special exhibit on the the Titanic, they had this little bucket of water that was 28 degrees. You, I put my hand in and I could not keep it in longer than two seconds. Can you imagine if those frogs could talk? Aang was just like, hey, Kermit, come over here. I need to lick your ass. I'm sorry. My friends need to lick your ass. It needs to be frozen first, though. Um, stick your ass in this cooler and then fucking put it in my friend's mouth. And so Aang's little stunt here, he ends up getting caught. and Don't we- work so well. No. So Aang is in bondage. He's in his shackles. He's, uh, he's, he's held up by his arms. The same uh, fortress that the archers came from in the beginning is now being where Aang is being held captive. I just, I don't get why they seem to, it's like Aang is an airbender. What he needs is a lot of space and a lot of room. And so they put him in a very high ceiling chamber with no jail bars or anything. And then all of the, the forces are guarding the door. Why not have a couple of guards just, just staring at him the whole time? Just seems like an oversight to me. This entire conversation that Zhao has with Aang is just very, it's brief, but it's very dark. The and Fire Nation. a lot of background. Yeah. Oh, don't worry. You won't be killed like they were. See, if you die, you'll just be reborn, and the Fire Nation will have to begin its search for the Avatar all over again. So I'll keep you alive, but just barely. That's some Made in Abyss shit right there. Point being, there is no uh, Avatar. This is pre-Avatar Geneva Convention. Surely. This whole scene where the blue spirit, who we know as Zuko, is sneaking into the equivalent of... I don't know if this is Minas Morgul or if this is Isengard or what's happening. Vaguely Lord of the Rings-style fortress. Like, but... Zhao is giving his rallying, like, Zhao in this episode is definitely a Sauron. We are the sons and daughters of fire, the superior element. Talking about how the Orakai are the, uh, like, fe- like they're the superior race. Like, getting very similar yeah. uh, speech vibes here. He's also, he's also chanting a little bit of, like, a make, make Middle Earth great again uh, ideology here. We are going to smash Ba Sing Se to the ground and take back, you know, our quote unquote heritage. Yeah. What, what is this? The Fire Nation or the Alt-Light? I guarantee you the reporters that they have like covering this, uh, they're going to be like and a, a, cro- a moderate sized crowd. Uh, that propaganda machine is quickly going to be like biggest numbers ever. Yeah. What I want to what I want to know, and this is a very interesting question. We see the blue spirit on the roof before all of this takes place. So, th- but then we see that Zuko sneaks in. Uh, is the, Zuko the blue spirit then too, or is the blue spirit something else that Zuko has like taken the the the, the position of? Interesting. Yeah. I wonder. Yeah. I we don't really get a lot of background on the blue spirit as a character. Does, does, or Zuko, as an just, does Zuko just sneak into this fortress on the weekends when he's bored? Aang is uh, is being held by fire the Fire Nation, and the blue spirit comes comes slinking into the jail cell, pulls out his 
blades and bing bada bing bada boom cuts right through these chains these chains must be very like low budget like walmart or kmart chains these things are not very strong at all he frees ang and ang's like hey are you here to rescue me and opens the door and motions for him to come along he's like yeah all right i yeah i guess that's fine so then we cut to Aang's gang, and Momo has brought a big collection of items. It's like he he stumbled upon the room of requirement, and <laughs> but uh, turns out that Momo's a crow. Crow goat. He's just he's very much enamored and distracted by shiny objects. Welcome once more to the Avatar Antiques Roadshow. This week we have a small hoard of co- collectibles by a certain lemur. They're all mostly junk, and none of them, unfortunately, contain water. Honestly, uh, Katara is now wearing this really fancy crown where I'm like, I'm wondering where <laughs> Momo got these objects. I- I'm assuming somewhere from deep within the abandoned city, which just makes me wonder even more about whose crown was that? Who was ruling this city? It's honestly impressive that Momo didn't eventually just bring them some water by accident. <laughs> There's so many things. So as they're trying to escape uh, the alarm through the sewers, they are quickly caught and have to make a run through it for these series of three doors, which remind me of the bulkheads on the Titanic that were really cool because, you know, they could progressively close off the bulkheads in those situations the the all the bulkheads for it to work they can't all be open at the same time yeah so my question here is why are the gates open why are the gates open and why are they open all at once it's like Zhao came back from his hunt and the the captain of the guard was like did you remember to close the fucking doors and he was like yeah i closed the doors geez and he totally didn't like, oh, who needs the doors? We need a we need a draft, okay? It's way too stuffy in here with all the doors closed. We got to keep them all open. Quick, don't let them leave. The avatar's escaping. All of his little soldiers, toy soldiers, put up their spears. And Aang's like, I got this. He literally plays firebender bowling. So Aang has this ability we see in the beginning where he's running around like the Flash. But the second all three of these doors are open and he's in a straight corridor... This this power seems way less strong than it did in the beginning of the episode, and I'm wondering why. He's stuck not doing that flash move he did in the beginning, and he has to instead run uh, at, a, at, a, at a brisk pace. Uh, and this is a really cool moment where we see Aang and the Blue Spirit help each other out several times. There are several moments where one of them is down, the other stops and goes back and helps them, and then they work together. I'm digging these two scimitar blades that the... Blue Spirit has, and he, after he's knocked out a bunch of soldiers, Aang pushes another wall of wind that lets him almost airwalk to, like, the second story. It's awesome. Yeah. And then he's, they're doing some hopping on top of the on top of the walls. They're knocking people off the walls. The, the murder count is probably going through the roof because these people are falling from great distances. The way that they get from one wall to another is often very clever. There's one where they, they have all the ladders, and they're using them as these weird, like, pronged stilts that they're trying to climb across the thing for and Zhao torches one and they barely they don't make they Aang grabs the ledge but they they falter and they fall to the ground and we've got ourselves a good old-fashioned Princess Mononoke uh, Castle Gates standoff 
The Avatar must be captured alive. As Aang and the Blue Spirit are running away, Zhao sees, says to one of these archers, you know, do you have a clear shot? Yeah, he says, knock out the 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 the, the thief. I'll 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 wrap him up in a bow and give him as a as a gift to the Fire Lord. But as soon as Aang realizes that this character is Zuko, bum, bum, bum. he is just uh, beside himself, but he just doesn't, he doesn't just run away. He, he can't just leave him there he in can't, the middle of the path. Like he doesn't, doesn't matter. Like he realizes and well, Zuko saved me. So now I have to uh, return the favor. Life, yeah. life for life. Right. My debt is repaid. I think this is our first official field trip with Zuko. Um, yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> so we get uh, we get a few wrap up scenes here. Um, Ang gets away. He's telling a story to Zuko about his friend that was a firebender, his like dear friend from back in the day. And he turns to Zuko and he's like, "Hey, Zuko, can we ever be friends uh, like that?" And Zuko answers with a fireball in Ang's face, and it's very clear that no. Well, at least at this point in time. At this point in time. And Aang just kind of, you know, skips off into the... Every like, okay, well, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and this leaves Zuko to his own devices. Aang just yeets himself into the trees. We don't see any more from <clears throat> the old lady, Professor Sprout, in her, <clears throat> uh, in her mountain yurt greenhouse. Mm-hmm. We don't know who the fuck Professor Sprout ended up being, but um, we then get my favorite scene of the whole episode. Zuko's returning to the ship, and Iroh's hanging out with Olmec. And uh, Olmec's like, I'm so glad you got me from that traitor, friends. Now let's do some obstacle courses. And Zuko's like, I don't want to do obstacle courses. I'm beat. I'm tired. I just went through the biggest one. And uh, he's like, did you construct a monkey? No, leave me alone. God, jeez. And then uh, Iroh's like, you missed Music Night as a throwback. Another, Yet another throwback to the Water Scroll episode, which is a level of detail and continuity that I don't think people were used to in children's shows back then. He's like, you missed it. Our intern Brian did a, sang a sonnet and we all cried. It's beautiful. That's it. That's the episode. We, we Sokka and... Katara suck on some frogs and they feel better. And the last shot we get is Sokka licking Appa's fur to get the taste of frog out of his mouth. Hey, babe. Hey. Did you have any, uh, did you have any experience points to give out? Uncle, do you realize what this means? I won't get to finish my game. Shouldn't there be a board or some pieces or something to jangle? I won Dungeons and Dragons and it was advanced. Evil? Or maybe chaotic neutral. The Demogorgon! We're a deep shit. You've been shot by an arrow. Ow! Well, there'd be penalties to her experience if she acted out of alignment. Um, I don't really have a, a crit success or fail, but I just have a favorite character. And my favorite NPC of the episode was definitely the druid lady like <laughs> in the greenhouse here. She leads a sex... Uh, healing <laughs> spa in the mountains and she's retired living her best life she's got it's just her and her cat when company sh- like just rudely barges in she still like sets 
the tone. I just think she's an overall badass, gives me extreme uh, retirement and hosting goals. And I don't want to know why she knows so much about sucking on frogs. But <laughs> She's very skilled. She seems very skilled at it. Yeah. But you know what? Her knowledge nature is, as a druid should be, is top notch. So um, I am a little concerned with what happened to the uh, all the other druids that were up there with her. Right. Um, and I have a feeling that that bog. Oh, my God. My what? theory she turned all of those people into frogs and froze them and threw them to the bottom of that swamp. Oh my God. They're fro- Instead of having to kiss a prince, they just have to get sucked on by someone. <laughs> they turn back into a human. You don't form. see that part. Right. After getting sucked on, the frogs turn in <laughs> back into people. My crit, fail, and success. I'll start with my success. My success is. All of the archers, they're all amazing. The, all of their shots find their marks. It, it's just, they got a couple of oops all 20s D&D, or D&D dice, and they're just rolling crit successes all day, era day. And my my crit fail this week is the DM for giving all of the archers oops all 20s d, uh, dice. That probably wasn't very fair. Felt like Team Avatar was a little underplayed or underpowered this episode. It's like uh, Sokka and Katara showed up for a session, and he was just like, "You all, you're both sick. You can't move." So the whole session, they're just like, "Oh, what do I do now? Oh, you're still sick. It sucks. Nobody likes to be that person at the table." Well, that's it, friends. I think uh, I think that's all we got for this episode. Next episode's called "The Fortune Teller." When a fortune teller married to an alcoholic carnival hypnotist falls in love with a young escaped convict. She finds the strength to believe in her gift, discards her tarot cards, and leaves her abusive husband to go on alone. Wow. That sounds totally like an episode of Avatar and not like you typed the words fortune teller into IMDb and ran the, and read the first result. Totally checks out. Can't totally wait. checks out. Can't wait, guys. Well, we'll see y'all next time for a great episode. It was of the Mark director's Cabbages. cut. It was the director's cut. Uh, that makes a lot more sense. Uh, I'm Zach. I'm Alex. Uh, have a great night, everybody. Peace and love. Wear a mask. Bye. Bye.